Okay, again, uh, let's get this thing going before the year uh, goes away. Uh, here's my play-in music. You are listening to KPCA LP, Petaluma, California, at 103.3 FM and worldwide at www.kpca.fm. And this is the Midnight Skeptic. The views of the Midnight Skeptic are not, repeat, not necessarily the views of KPCA or any of its affiliates. Okay, uh, this is uh, the Midnight Skeptic show number 49. Um, I'm uh, uh, getting close to a 50 show, I don't know what you'd call it, a milestone in my recording career, radio career, um, YouTube career, whatever. Okay, and uh, this will be broadcast on Sunday, the day after Christmas, which is Saturday. Um, and uh, this uh, is re being recorded now. I'm, I'm getting confused here. Excuse me. Uh, this is going to be uh, broadcast on the 2nd of January. And uh, I'm reading a different set of notes here. I'm reading the, the notes from last week. Uh, but this is being recorded now on uh, an unusual time for me. It's about quarter after nine on Thursday night. And uh, this is the 30th of December. Hope you all had a nice Christmas holiday out there. And uh, I'm going to wish all of you happy holidays. And that encompasses everything. Um, Boxing Day, Kwanzaa, Christmas, uh, the New Year's coming up, um, Hanukkah, and whatever other seasonal holidays you all celebrate out there. Uh, I hope that, uh, well, the uh, Omicron variant is sweeping through this country, uh, and it's especially uh, affecting children. Uh, thank goodness it's not as serious as the Delta variation, but it still makes you rather sick. So I hope that you all have been vaccinated, including the kids that were you know, five to uh, five to fifteen, and uh, that you've all gotten your boosters. Okay, um, I don't want to make apologies for this show and I'm not apologizing but it's kind of a last minute thrown together show uh, I wasn't absolutely certain that I'd be doing a show uh, tonight uh, for uh, broadcast uh, the day after New Year's but I decided to uh, give my thousands and thousands of listeners out there a special treat and just do a show so this is for all of you now, the views of the Midnight Skeptic, as you all know by now, are not necessarily the views of Petaluma Community Access or its radio station, 
um, the one I'm talking to you on now, KPCALP, 103.3 FM. Um, but my views should be the views of uh, Pedagog Community Access. And, you know, I think uh, this isn't a big secret that they're, you know, pretty liberal down there. So I would imagine that from the station manager on down that their views are pretty much mine, uh, except I, I kind of go over the edge sometimes in my denunciation of religion, uh, which I'm not apologizing for, by the way. Okay, and um, if you want to, I don't know, congratulate me, agree with me, send me hate mail or death threats, uh, the place you do that is themidnightskeptic at gmail.com. I will get it, and I will pay attention to it, and, uh, you know, treat it with the seriousness with which I treat almost everything. Okay, uh, quick shout-outs. I, I have some international listeners uh, because I went on anchor.fm, which is uh, an accumulator of... Uh, uh, other sites that uh, that themselves accumulate uh, uh, talk shows and podcasts and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, the only one of theirs that they represent is uh, Spotify. I use them all the time. Uh, the others I've just really not heard of, but apparently I have some uh, international listeners, and uh, there's a couple in... Uh, Two in Australia, one in New Zealand, uh, a couple in the UK, one in Ireland, uh, one in Germany, and uh, the newest one is uh, one in the Czech Republic. Uh, if you guys hear this, and I guess you do occasionally because you appear on uh, the the website of Anchor.fm that lets me know who's listening to it and uh, they, they break it down into all sorts of graphs and things and uh, it's about an even mix of uh, uh, male and female listeners about 48 percent each uh, uh, that only comes to 96 percent well who's the other four percent they are the others of this world okay that's my international people. Okay, East Coast, uh, Gerilyn Goldfinger, uh, Dr. Dave uh, in uh, uh, Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. I'm, I'm going to call you, uh, well, tomorrow or Sunday. Uh, Amelia Beamer over in uh, Edgewater, Florida. I guess she listens in occasionally. And then across the state on the uh, Caribbean coast, um, Sarasota, Florida. That's uh, Nelson and Alice Lydell. And in Arkansas, Shannon Reed, Arizona, my brother Brandon and Mina. Uh, Merry Christmas. I hope you got my Christmas card that I sent you guys. Um, and uh, their daughter, Andrea, who is a nurse, and uh, her husband, Tim, and their three little terrorists. Uh, Andrea, seriously, take care of yourself for your PPE. And I know that you and all your family is vaccinated but take care of yourselves okay and the sonora gang uh bob and sandy fisher 
Uh, and their daughter, Martha, who is also a nurse uh, up in Sonora, wear your PPE, take care of yourself. And uh, Brad Fisher, uh, Daryl Larson, Judy May, Leonidas Maciel, and Kathy Francis. And down in Mexico City, Rosie Lopez Negrete, who was a classmate of ours in the eighth grade. Boy, does that seem like a long time ago. It is a long time ago. Okay. And I'm not going to necessarily say that those were the good old days either. There were good days. There were bad days. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Okay. Uh, okay, locally, Stan and Kathy down in Pacifica, Rich and Kathy Berger over in Sebastopol, Tom and Nancy in Petaluma, Tim Conrad in Petaluma, uh, a photographer extraordinaire, and... Um, Kevin and Lori up in Katadi, I guess they listen in periodically. And Yvonne Santos down in San Francisco, a friend of Kevin and Lori's, friend of mine. We all used to work together. Um, Sacramento. Uh, oh, um, no, okay. I got all the local people. Uh, Sacramento, Dave and Rosie, Rosita, excuse me, Takach. Uh, Mickey Huff, professor of history and communications at uh, Diablo Valley College. I think he commutes. Well, he has to commute. Um, I would imagine it's about a somewhere between 45 minutes and an hour to uh, commute from wherever it is he's living uh, in the Sacramento area. Uh, I think it's in the south west part of Sacramento. I don't know the town, but anyway. Uh, anyway, he's the godfather of Project Censored, and uh, Mickey Huff uh, has the Project Censored show at uh, 1 o'clock on Wednesday on this station that I'm blathering on, on right now, uh, KPCALP 103.3 FM. And then it's uh, repeated again on KPFA 94.1 over in Berkeley. And uh, he gets some good guests there, and he always talks about things that are very, very interesting. Um, news items that were not covered adequately or maybe covered even wrongly. Oh, you know, our, our news gets it wrong now and then. Who would have thought? Okay. Uh, Jackie and Wayne Kolar down in the L.A. area. And over in Stockton, Kathy Clark. All right. So that's, oh, Nariman. Uh, I was forgetting him uh, in here in Petaluma. Uh, we're just going to have to get together for another glass of wine over at the wine bar in Theater Square. It's been too long. Uh, really, it's been too long. Okay, um, Nariman and I used to play basketball together. Uh, now, those were the good old days. All right. I have a number of issues to talk about. Uh, and I talked about these things uh, a little bit on last show and a lot on the show before that. Uh, remember uh, th this Texas legislator, and I put that in quotes, he has been elected a legislator, but uh, and I'm having a brain freeze on this guy's name. I don't really care 
what his name is, but it was a Texas legislator that uh, came up with a list of 850 books uh, that he sent around to all the Texas school districts recommending that these books be reviewed. And where's my finger quotes? Reviewed. And what he means by that is he doesn't like them, so they should be pulled off the shelves. And the reason he doesn't like them, uh, they deal in things that might make uh, snowflake Republican kids in Texas uncomfortable, or they might feel guilty, or, oh, you know, it's always the parents that come up with these stupid-ass things, uh, Republican parents that come up with these stupid-ass things. Okay, that's Texas. Now, the state of Oklahoma is giving Texas a run for its money in the book-burning um, contest. Oklahoma, vigilante book burners. They're taking a, uh, well, they, okay, this one guy, uh, Rob Standridge, uh, he's a Republican from Oklahoma. Of course he's a Republican. Um, he submitted a Senate bill, 1142, and uh, he it was proposed by this Rob Standridge, a Republican MAGA head, conservative in the cult of the orange sociopathic bloat bag. Uh, this bill, and he kind of copied it from the Texas anti-abortion vigilante bill that's uh, uh, being uh, mulled over by our great Supreme Court. Uh, I don't know if it's been put on hold, but um, vigilantes who uh, turned in or sued any person that aided in any way a Texas uh, lady that had a fetus in her uterus uh, could collect $10,000. Okay, well, in Oklahoma... Uh, this Rob Standridge uh, has extended that idea into Oklahoma and book burning. Okay, again, I say it's, uh, if you want to Google this, uh, there, there's a lot more information about that than I can provide you on uh, the Midnight Skeptic show. But it's a Senate Bill 1142. Okay, uh, he proposed that... Um, parents would be allowed to seek up to $10,000 for each day a book is kept in their child's library after it was nominated by this parents for removal. Okay, you just got to write out a written objection to some book and uh, submit it to the library and these are not school libraries. These are just all libraries. Okay. Um, and if they didn't take the book off the shelves within 30 days, then the complaining parent 
would be able to uh, submit a claim for $10,000 per day that the book remained on the shelf. Oh, boy. Uh, it was introduced on December 16th. All right, now that was exactly two weeks ago from when I'm recording this. Uh, and would apply to the 2022 uh, to 2023 academic year. It would allow parents who believed their child's school was carrying a book that dealt with, uh, okay, now this is a direct quote from the bill, the study of sex, sexual preferences, sexual activity, sexual perversions, whatever that is, uh, sex-based classifications, sexual identity or gender identity, or books that are of a sexual nature. One would think that this Rob Standridge has a, uh, an issue with sex. I think he just needs to go out and get laid. Um, okay. Okay, I lost my place. Okay, for parents to submit a written request to the school district superintendent uh, to remove the book from the library shelves. Got 30 days to do it. Uh, $10,000 monetary damages. Now, what damage could be done? I don't know. Uh, per day that the book is not removed. Um, I googled this guy, Rob Standridge, and uh, there wasn't a lot on Wikipedia about him, uh, just his political life that he was elected. He owned a pharmacy in a rather small town there in Oklahoma. Um, so he went to a, a pharmacy school. I, I don't know which one. It doesn't matter. <sighs> but uh, this guy definitely has sexual problems. Hmm. And uh, if anybody uh, is traveling through Oklahoma and runs across this guy, tell him that the uh, Midnight Skeptic says he has sexual problems. Okay, uh, enough of that. Florida, uh, another you know Republican-controlled state. Florida's new Surgeon General, you know, appointed by. Ron DeSantis, okay, uh, the name of the Florida's new Surgeon General is uh, Joseph Latipo. Uh, I did a little bit about him. I think it was in uh, last show or two shows ago. He was part of this uh, quack doctors organization called America's Frontline Doctors. Uh, he has erroneously declared that if you ever test positive for COVID, no matter when, you are officially deemed to be uh, immune from COVID forever and ever. Amen. Okay, that's not true. Uh, 
and um, Florida Republicans. Jesus. Okay, and in Florida, there is a law that says that if a person possesses natural immunity, and you get that by, I guess, getting and recovering from COVID, then they are no longer subject to any employer's vaccination mandate. Mm. And I've, I've said on many shows that Republicans are just deathly afraid of the word mandate. What we should do, or what the government should do, or health, health professionals should do is just don't say mandate anymore. Say requirement. The stupid-ass Republican MAGA heads will probably say something to the effect, well, I can put up with it if it's a requirement to get a shot or wear a mask, but I don't want any mandates. I don't think they, I don't want to get off on that again. Okay. A couple of uh, quickie items here. Headlines. The military, our military, has admitted the existence of UFOs, and they're now called UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Uh, <laughs> we're all doomed. We'll all be made sex slaves of a master race of aliens from the eighth dimension or some Andromeda nebula. I, I don't know. Okay, and in weird circles, this has set off a new fascination with uh, UFOs slash UAPs. And how can I put this? Uh, I believe in UFOs. I sincerely believe that there have been things sighted in the air that uh, have gone un, un, unidentified. Most of them are aircraft lights, uh, weather balloons, uh, anyway, a whole raft of things that can, if, you, if they really are investigated thoroughly, they can be explained and identified. Um, so those would be called IFOs, Identified Flying Objects or IAP, Identified Aerial Phenomena. There's a small percentage of them that, uh, well, nobody can figure out what they were. So obviously they have to be uh, alien spacecraft from somewhere else, some other planetary system or galaxy or dimension or through a wormhole from someplace. That's the only possible explanation. Okay. Uh, so I'm quite comfortable 
admitting, along with our military, that there's some things up there that we just haven't been able to figure out what they were. They're UFOs. Okay, enough of that. Uh, QAnon, I hate to even talk about these jerks. Uh, QAnon, Trump loyalists, uh, a handful of them are camped out or are staying the night in hotels near uh, Daly Plaza uh, in Dallas. I'm sure you've seen some headlines about this. Uh, not real recently, but uh, two or three weeks ago. I forget when they all collected there. But uh, anyway, th they're waiting for the return of JFK and JFK Jr., both of whom are deceased. We can all agree on that, or all of uh, rational people can agree on that. Okay. What they're waiting for is for uh, JFK and JFK Jr. Uh, to, in order to anoint the orange sociopathic bloat bag as, I don't know, I guess, emperor of the U.S. or our savior or something, uh, that group of people um, who... Well, especially the ones that are waiting there at Daily Plaza uh, and the other QAnon idiots, um, including Marjorie Taylor Greene, are uh, symbolic of what our Republican Trump cult has become. It's just, it's very depressing to me. And uh, I refuse to get really depressed. I'm kind of joking about that. I don't take them or anything about the Republican Trump cult seriously anymore. Okay, uh, there's a group of um, mainly evangelical Christians that have uh, met recently called Turning Point USA. They had uh, uh, the Orange sociopathic bloat bags, um, son, junior, up talking to them. Uh, and he said um, that it was a mistake to follow the biblical teaching of Jesus in that they shouldn't turn the other cheek when they are attacked by leftists, liberals libtards. They have gotten nothing for it. And uh, the right-thinking Republicans, according to him, uh, they were holding back and has gotten us nothing. Quote, unquote. If we band together, we can take on these institutions. I'm not sure exactly what institutions he was referring to. Maybe you know, the Democratic Party, I guess. Anyway, uh, Junior said this, and the meeting was held in Arizona, probably Phoenix, but I'm not sure about that. And he ended his speech by uh, saying, quote, They cannot cancel us all. Okay, uh, cancel culture is something that Republicans are 
freaking out about and uh, but it doesn't seem to apply to Texas or Oklahoma libraries I mean isn't that uh, cancel culture as applied by the Trump cult to uh, you know to the rest of us you know uh, of course the Trump cultists the stupid conservative Republican MAGA head are, are being hypocritical about this do they care that I'm calling them this of course not if they were able to think they would realize that they were being hypocritical by decrying culture or excuse me cancel culture and yet canceling you know um, critical race theory for, for instance um, by the way, I, I bought the uh, 1619 book, and I'm um, just gotten into it. So I'm about uh, 50 pages into it. But uh, 1619, this, that's the critical year that uh, um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. Real United, Hist United States history started was uh, when we first imported, not imported, we bought at the uh, Jamestown colony 20 or 25 slaves uh, from an English merchant who, who in turn had uh, stolen them off a, and again, I'm not sure whether it's Portuguese or Spanish uh, slavership in the Caribbean, uh, Last show, I told you that I would uh, research that. Well, I'm I'm lazy. And I haven't done it yet. Okay. Oh, and um, Turning Point USA is composed of uh, uh, white evangelical Christians, the worst of the worst. Now I've talked about my belief that. Since the uh, since humans became uh, not hunter gatherers, but sort of settled down into villages and uh, began erecting monuments, that um, religion, organized religion, or just one guy proclaiming "I am God." Uh, Religion in general, and I'm talking about all religions, have been detrimental to mankind and has impeded the, uh, the progress, the moral progress of mankind. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the Hindu religion in just a moment. And uh, I've got to make sure to uh, leave some time during the show uh, to finish the last two chapters of uh, She Persisted, colon, Ruby Bridges. And I'm holding this up for the uh, YouTube people. You know, I held it up last week, but uh, just two more chapters to go. And I want to do that on this show. A quickie time check.
Okay, half an hour gone. Okay. Um, I have, in, in my long and varied life, run across a number of people that, and, and this was kind of back in the um, summer of love um, era, um, searching for truth. Um, the Beatles did it and various other new age wannabe types went to India to find enlightenment and find a guru that would help them find enlightenment. And uh, the husband of uh, a... Uh, psychotherapist here in town. I'm not going to mention names or anything, but I've gotten to know her a little bit. Uh, very early in their marriage, I guess it was before they had kids. Um, she has two boys, uh, but before they, they had their children, he went off to India, I think for that reason, to find out the truth of the universe, the meaning of life, to seek enlightenment. Uh, you know, I met him once in passing, and he's just a guy to me, nice, nice enough guy. Uh, but that was a, a common thread in uh, the... Uh, the, the hippie movement, for want of a better term for it, in this country. Uh, some of them went off in search for magic mushrooms. Uh, some of them went off in search of uh, just the right amount of LSD to take. Uh, some of them figured out a way to become a guru themselves, a fake guru, of course, because they will always get a, a harem of girl followers and, you know, and what gurus do with their harem of girl followers. Uh, there's all sorts of ways. Okay. And India has been um, undeservedly become a site where people go to seek peace and love and enlightenment. Well, mm, I've got some news for these people. Uh, India is no better than any other country as far as um, being a dictatorial anti-democracy. They're as bad as China is. Okay. Okay. Um, the Information Technology Act, passed by the Indian Parliament, has been recently upgraded uh, to prohibit, and this is right from the right from the bill, nearly anything that can be called a threat to national security, India's national security, um, and through that act. 20 supposedly anti-India 
YouTube channels have been uh, banned. Well, I use YouTube, uh, so I'm kind of, you know, protective of, of YouTube. You know, they have their flaws just like any other organization, but uh, uh, who gets to decide whether a channel, a YouTube channel, is anti-India or not? Uh, there must be some organization of uh, government censorship. Okay, eh, where am I? Where am I? Uh, Narendra Modi, India's near dictator of the. Okay, now I can. I always have trouble pronouncing the name of their political party, Bharatiya Janata Party, and. Uh, that's um, Narendra Modi's party. Uh, it's a right-wing Hindu nationalist party, which means that they are essentially anti-Muslim, anti-Christian, anti-Jain, J-A-I-N, which is a, I, I think it's an offshoot of Hinduism, but they're considered to be a apostate. Um, I'm going to, uh, one of my to-do lists, uh, I'm going to look up Jain religion. And then they're anti-Sikh. Now, that's S-I-K-H, you know, the uh, the turban-wearing, uh, beard-wearing, most of them, if they're um, practicing Sikhs. Now, that's how you pronounce it. Uh, I've heard most people, when they're talking about them, call them Sikhs. Well, that, that's not right. I think uh, the, the Sikhs don't mind being called Sikhs because uh, in English it sounds like they're being called Sikh. Well, that's kind of the real pronunciation. It, and what I have heard about their religion, they have no priests, no uh, religious hierarchy. Yay! Um, so I've got to investigate more of their beliefs. Yeah, I am not that uh, up on my Indian religions, but uh, the... Uh, Narendra Modi is anti-all of those people. Uh, the party, the Bharatiya Janata Party, supports the return to Brahminical social order. That means the caste system. In other words, Dalits equals the untouchables. Okay. Hindutva ideology, or, uh, you know, who is really Hindu, uh, is anti-scientific method, um, and they believe in the Aryan superiority. This is not the German uh, Nazi Aryan superiority. Uh, there were Aryans who came from Central Asia, uh, and then conquered their way down into northern India, and they conquered themselves eastward into Europe. And I don't know how 
they got this reputation as being the the superior race, but I don't know the the Nazi Germany's took up that belief for I I don't know why, um, but anyway, uh, the the Hindutva ideology believes in uh, the Aryan racial superiority. Okay, uh, all Hindus all Hindus claim to have in their veins the blood of the mighty race uh, incorporated with and descended from the Vedic fathers. The v okay, now the Vedis are a, a number of books that were written in Sanskrit that date back a couple of thousand years and were the, you know, writings that outlined the beliefs of the of the Hindus, okay, uh, and the Hindus means uh, people from beyond the Indus River. Okay, the Indus River. If you go north of it, then you're into the territory that was conquered by the Aryans. Southern India are they're not Aryan descendants. They they're a, a very much darker skinned. Uh, race of people that have uh, connections to Malays or even maybe the Australian Aborigines. I don't know. Uh, I'm not an anthropologist. Okay. But anyway, uh, the Hindu religion, I'm kind of down on them uh, as I am down on all religions. Uh, and I've said before that all religions that I know of, and I know, you know, varying degrees about most of them, uh, are misogynistic to some degree. All of them, all of them. And, you know, the worst offenders, I think, are the Islamic religion. Okay, second worst are the Southern Baptists. Uh, okay, uh, I'm not going to get into a ranking of the worst offenders in misogyny here, but uh, whew, one of these days I will compile a list and I will bless all my thousands and thousands of listeners with it. Okay, um, I'm going to find where I left off in the uh, Ruby Bridges book. And, okay, that's chapter six. Okay, here's chapter five. Okay. Uh, last show, I read uh, chapters one, two, three, and four. And she had integrated um, this elementary school in... Uh, New Orleans, and uh, the white parents, uh, and this is in first grade, white parents came into the school and removed their children from the school rather than just share a classroom with uh, Ruby Bridges. And as it happened, there was a white teacher, uh, excuse me, a, a white teacher uh, it was a first grade teacher who was from Boston, and she was, you know, a northerner. And so she remained in the classroom even after all the 
white first grade kids were removed, and she and Ruby Bridges um, were a pair, you know, a teacher, student. And uh, Ruby Bridges uh, passed first grade, and uh, this teacher, um, let me see if I can find her name right quick. Okay, okay. at the end of the school year, meaning first grade, uh, Mrs. Henry gave Ruby very high grades in all her subjects. She had learned so much, but the principal, you know, I can picture him, you know, white shirt, suspenders, a wide tie, and a Panama hat. So you think you can learn just like our white kids? Well, I'm going to show you about that. Okay, but the principal tried to lower Ruby's grades. Some people still did not want Ruby's hard work to prove that black and white students could learn together in the same school. Okay, uh, the teacher was Mrs. Henry. And then uh, she finally uh, moved back to, uh, to Boston. Okay, that was the end of the first grade. Uh, chapter 5 is called Following Ruby's Lead. When Ruby returned to William France Elementary School for second grade, everything was different. There were many other children in her class. That was exciting. Most of the children were white, but a few of them were black. Integration was finally happening. It was meant to, and this was uh, in the year 1961. It was 1960 when uh, Ruby Bridges uh, first went to first grade here at this school. Uh, the teacher at the front of the room was different, too. Mrs. Henry was nowhere to be found. Uh, not in Ruby's classroom and not anywhere at all of William France School. Ruby was heartbroken. She loved Mrs. Henry, and she had expected to see her in second grade. But Mrs. Henry had moved back to Boston, Massachusetts, her hometown. Uh, Ruby would not see her again for many years. Okay, Ruby's second grade year was uh, much more normal than her first grade year had been. She made friends. She worked hard in class, and she followed her teacher's instructions. She did not think this new teacher liked her very much, though. Uh, she said unkind things to Ruby and sometimes made her feel sad. Ruby felt different from her classmates, and not just because of her skin color. Sometimes people teased her, even the teacher. But Ruby kept learning and growing all the same. As Ruby got older, she began to understand how important her first grade year had been. While it was happening, she had not realized that the whole country was watching her go to school Every day, her picture had appeared in newspapers and magazines. A famous artist named Norman Rockwell had even painted a picture of her walking into William France, escorted by the four federal marshals. The painting became very famous. Ruby saw a copy of it for the first time when she was um, 17. Hmm about to uh, graduate from high school. 
the original hangs in a museum where Ruby would finally see it in person many years later. It amazed Ruby to recognize that she had made an important contribution to American history. It felt strange, but good. Another quick time check. Okay, I got, I got time to finish this. Um, it felt strange, but good. Uh, she began to wonder if there were other ways she could make a difference now that she was older. When Ruby graduated from high school, she became a travel agent. Her job involved helping people plan trips, buy train tickets and airplane tickets, and make hotel reservations. Ruby met a man named Malcolm Hall, and they got married in 1984. Ruby was 30 years old. Soon, Ruby had children of her own, and she wondered about their futures, just like her parents had wondered about hers. Young children never know about racism at the start, Ruby said. They start out knowing the truth, that all people, regardless of skin color, are the same on the inside. Racism, which is the idea that people with different skin colors should be treated differently, uh, it doesn't say this, but treated differently, meaning more badly, was invented by adults. Of course it was. It had to be taught to kids. Uh, Ruby knew that if she talked to children about her experiences, they could understand how it had felt to be treated unfairly because of her skin color. Once other children heard her story, they might not believe the grown-ups who tried to talk about differences between people of different races. Uh, children, Ruby knew, could be leaders. Children had the power to affect the way the whole country thought about race. Okay, chapter six, the last chapter. Uh, it's called The Power of Children. When she was 45 years old, Ruby created a charity organization called the Ruby Bridges Foundation. Her plan was to raise money for programs to help children learn about overcoming racism. Through her foundation, Ruby worked with young people in schools and communities across the country. I chose integration as my life's work, she said. Ruby believed in telling the truth about American history to children, and she began uh, by telling her own truth. Then she told about other difficult times in the past when black people were treated unfairly, and she told them that People of all races needed to work together to make sure that everyone would be treated fairly in the future. She said, quote, If our children are to learn from history, from our history, then we must teach it. Are you listening, Republicans? And she did. In 2000, Ruby was named an honorary deputy federal marshal. The marshals were still grateful and impressed by the courage Ruby had shown years before as a first grader. Ruby went to Washington, D.C. for a ceremony. She was so proud to be honored by the people who had protected her. Deputy U.S. Marshals are peacemakers and advocates of justice, Ruby said. She worked hard to be those things, too.
When Ruby met President Barack Obama, the first black president of the United States, he thanked her for what she had done as a six-year-old. President, uh, president Obama said, quote, if it hadn't been for you, I might not be here. He meant that without Ruby and without everyone who worked hard for equal rights like she did, the United States might not have been ready to elect a, bra a black president in 2008, uh, less than 50 years after Ruby's first day of school at William France there in New Orleans. For Ruby, it was strange and sad to think about all the mistakes her country had made in the past. The United States has made mistakes? Ooh, uh, critical race theory. Yeah. Um, I lost my place. Okay, some of the stakes were still being made, but it felt good to be on the path of correcting them and helping to make sure things got better in the future. It felt good to be standing in a world where children of all colors and backgrounds could learn together in the same classrooms. It felt good to be working hard to make a difference in the lives of children of a whole new generation. There's more work that I need to do, and I uh, would hope that everyone else feels the same way. Well, uh, sorry, Ruby, today not everyone feels the same way. If we are to get past our racial differences, it is going to come from our kids. Here, here. In 2014, a statue of six-year-old Ruby Bridges went up in front of uh, the William Franz Elementary School. Ruby's statue and her story are always there to remind people that you don't have to be a big person to make a big difference in the world. When she was just six years old, Ruby Bridges was a trailblazer. She went to school all alone every day, and she never gave up on the idea of integration. As an adult, Ruby never gave up either. Today, she makes a difference by sharing her truth. She continues to spend her life helping others blaze new trails of education, of opportunity, of equality. Ruby Bridges persisted, and you can too. All right. Um, that's the end of the actual narrative part of uh, uh, Ruby Bridges. This uh, She Persisted series, as I said last week, was instituted... Um, by uh, okay, damn brain freezes. Uh, oh man, I hate this. Clinton, um, not Hillary. Ah, oh, jeez. You know, uh, those of you who are watching on uh, YouTube. Uh, Chelsea Clinton, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she wrote the first couple of uh, books in this series, and then she uh, hired other children's books writers to write the rest of them. Uh, this particular one uh, about Ruby Bridges was written by Kekla Magoon, M-A-G-O-O-N. All right. Um, you know, a, a book like this freaks out Republicans. 
they'll they'll scream a a parent, especially the parents who would say and have said that books like Ruby Bridges are teaching critical race theory. <laughs> Okay, okay, this is, uh, uh, I've got about two minutes before um, the 58-minute marker when uh, KPCA LP 103.3 FM cuts me off. And uh, so uh, the audio portion of this uh, will be broadcast, like I say, on... Um, Sunday, the 2nd of January of the brand new year. Whoop-de-doo. Uh, 2021 was, uh, I don't want to say a horrible year because there was a lot of good things about it, but uh, COVID and Republican insurrectionists, those are the two big things that happened in the year 2021. And uh, we'll get over them both. We'll get over them both. So let me play my play out music and uh, we'll go from there. You have been listening to The Midnight Skeptic on KPCA LP, Petaluma, California. And we're at 103.3 on the FM dial and worldwide at www.kpca.fm. Support community radio at patreon.com slash Petaluma Community Access. And remember, think critically, think logically, but live joyously and, most importantly, pet your cats. Okay. Um, e, 58 minutes exactly. Okay, uh, YouTube people, goodbye. And uh, the KPCALP people, uh, you'll get to hear all of this... Uh, ending blather so goodbye until the new year <laughs> <laughs>